It's time for the Recruitment Marketing Rebelcast. This is the show for all you recruitment marketing rebels out there who are done with posting, prey, and recruitment funnels. Are you ready to bring real change to talent acquisition? Come for the voice of the candidate and stay for the snark. It's time for real talk from the front lines of the talent revolution with your hosts, Alin Bailey and Tracy Parsons. Hello. Good morning, Tracy. How are you? Good. I'm good, Lynn. How are you? Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. I am good. I am good. Are you are you safely um, quarantined in your home like the rest of the world? Or are you yes. out and about? No, no, no. Safely quarantined. But daylight savings time is, is messing with me more than any virus. I'm still. Uh, oh, dear Lord. I'm still dragging from, from Sunday's, Sunday's time change. And it's gray, right? I mean, yeah. I know you live in Portland. And it's gray. I live in Ohio. It's just stupid gray. Although the first two days after daylight savings, we had amazing sunshine. It was awesome. And now it's gray. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, we've been having we actually our weather's been pretty decent. We've been having some sunshine starting to peek through. But you know what? Maybe it's like the pessimistic weather Oregonian in me who's like, eh, that's not gonna stay. So I'm I'm it's like it's too early for that sun to peek out right quite right yet. So I feel like it's almost mean, like it's a tease. Like here, you can have a sunny day, but tomorrow's gonna be shit. <laughs> Just so you know. Is that bad? That probably says something about where I'm at these days. I'm just in this like. Ugh. No, it does not. It does not. Funk. My question for you, though, are the mountains out? Can you see them? Mm, no, not yet. Still uh-huh. cloudy. Still cloudy. Wow. Still clouded over. Um, yeah, there is that miraculous moment when you're driving down 26 or she's yes. like you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you peek up and there's Mount Hood just glaring at you. Just beautiful, huge. And you're like, whoa, where have you been? You've been there the whole time. That's lovely. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was my favorite part of the Pacific Northwest was when the mountains would come out. Yeah. It was almost like they wanted to play. It was. It was like, come on. Come on out. Come Let's over. Let's go have some fun. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so so a lot of people are, are, are hanging out and uh, are going to be spending a lot more time at their desks. Um, Which I so, think is going to be interesting and refreshing. Yeah. I think so. I, I think it's, uh, um, I read this really great article um, uh, yesterday, and it was talking about the oper- taking the taking advantage of the opportunity to do all those, you know, if you're not on the airplane traveling everywhere, and if you're not, um, you know, hyper-focused on, on big events and being out there in the world, you have a moment to sit back and use that time to maybe think about things deeper than we normally do, right? Get stuff, get your, um, it's like a perfect timing for spring cleaning, right? Spring mental cleaning. Get yourself exactly set. So yep. That's spring strategic cleaning, right? Let's, Ooh. let's take a step back. Ooh, the SSE. Yeah, no, exactly. Yes. I'm, that's my, that's my plan. I'm excited to kind of sit back and get some things organized. So one of the things I've been thinking about getting organized and I, I wanted to talk to you about it because 
this is a this is a area I know that you have a lot of passion around. Um, but I also kind of want to get your uh, some practical thoughts and advice from you on this. There's, um, you know, we're constantly taking a look at, you know, what is the messaging that we're really trying to tell the story we're trying to tell to, to candidates what's what's the right thing to do in that space i think mm-hmm. for so long right uh there's been this uh idea that um uh, recruitment marketing um is much like um branding which you know i go off on this and i think there's a lot of similarities there's a lot of places where it's exactly the same but Part of the challenge is, is that when people hear branding, what they think is, tell me a story and sell me like some dish detergent, right? So it's like, give me the, I'm the like we all think we're madmen sitting in our, um, you know, in our high rise offices over New York City with our um, fabulous glasses of, of bourbon coming up with brilliant ad campaigns to tell people and, and convince them something that is really crappy is awesome. Um and I don't know if that's really what recruitment marketing is, like if that's no. really the best approach. So well, talk to me I a little bit about I think, it. Yeah, I think that's where we are, quite frankly. I think we have uh, – so we went from a time where um, we felt like it would be you know, an honor and privilege to work for our companies – uh, to a time when we couldn't get enough people to apply. And even if you could get enough people to apply, then we would be just like, uh, they're not good people. Um, so then we overcourse corrected, right? And then we made everything sunshine and roses, like so sunshine and roses that it was unbelievable. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean there's beautiful, beautiful pictures of um, happy, smiling people playing ping pong while drinking their iced mochas um, with their laptops over to the side. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but the last time I played ping pong at work was a really long time ago. Um, <laughs> wait, no, let me correct that. Never. I've never played ping pong at work. You never play ping pong. No, God, no. Why would I do that? I have work to do. I, um, you're not. You're obviously not in the high tech space. We got. We have ping pong tables all over the place. Yeah, Nobody that's not uses true. them. I've been exactly. However, I will admit to occasionally playing pinball during the yeah. middle of the day because I have a pinball machine and I like pinball and I sometimes need to just kind of step away from your desk, which is what I think that the ping pong tables and baseball tables were for to say, Hey, you can take it. But the way that we've spun that is that we're there all day. And we're just all hanging out here, having a party. Work work is not day drinking friends. I mean, for some people it is, but (laughs) there's just, it's work. You have work to do. You have accountabilities, you have things to straighten out. And, you know, one of the things that gets me really frustrated by all of this is that there's enough people who are going to believe that or who want to believe that, um, that it's, they're going to apply and impress during the interview and get the job. And then they're going to get in there and they're going to find out that that's not what they were sold. And they're going to leave. Like I've talked to probably five people in the past two weeks that have taken new jobs that are like, man, it's not what they sold me. And I just am starting to think maybe we should all come together. And, um, if we want to hold recruitment marketers, employer brand, candidate experience, leadership, if we want to hold the companies accountable to telling the truth and telling the real story, I think it's time that we have a work lemon law. 
Uh, work lemon law. Okay. <laughs> Not where I thought you were going. I love it. <laughs> I just need I just need to hit that to hang in the air for a second. Because there's again, lemon laws, right? I bet everybody listening to this has taken a job that was not even close to as sold. Have you, Alain? Yeah. Gosh, yes. Uh-huh. I, Me yeah. too. Right? Right? I love and that. A lemon law. A work lemon law. So so if you can prove that it was not as sold, right? If you can prove that the job description or the company <laughs> or the whatever was not was as sold, they owe you six months to a year of their salary that you agreed to. Right. This is the Lemon laws. You should get your money back and you should not further be a tagged job hopper or somebody who couldn't stick it out because you left after nine months. Clearly, again, people don't generally don't generally take jobs that they are going to leave in six months. Right. Right. But what really ends up happening here is that. You did not tell the truth. You did not tell the whole story. You did not give an honest depiction from the moment that they found you on Google or in any other channel to the moment you started and were there for three or four weeks. Yeah, but but Tracy, if a recruitment marketer's job is to get enough people both in the door to get them engaged enough to want to 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 want to um you know connect with the right opportunities to find the right relevant people to do that and i'm not saying any of the people who are listening out there this could be the case but for some it may be right they they're the places of their places of business do suck right so what are they supposed to do i mean you're supposed to i mean your job you suck for everybody that's my point they don't suck for everybody. There are certain people who are going to fit in at almost every organization. And if your organization just literally sucks, then it's your responsibility to have a conversation with your leadership and talk to them about why your place of business sucks and why you can't get anybody to come to work here. Like, <laughs> this is not, it's, not, you've seen it, right? You've seen this. I, I'm just, I, honest to God, don't understand, and I know these conversations are hard, but are they really? You get your, you get, and I'm not talking about like, I can't imagine what it's like to work at a company like Intel, um, but I've worked at rather large companies, not that large. Huh? Um, and I, w- I will tell you that I was never uncomfortable going to leadership <laughs> and saying, we can't be, <laughs> we can't accomplish our goals because we are effing up X, Y, and Z. So I, I adore you, Tracy, and and I am I am with you because I have a very similar personality trait. But I will tell you what people tell me: just because you're willing to have that conversation, it's a very natural thing for you. Because <laughs> I can, I know you, and I know you don't have any trouble doing that at all. Um, I, I'm going to tell you that that for a lot of people, this is a really this is a really challenging space. You know, we we've got. And I and I reason I'm 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 not making too much light of this is as I do want to say I'm looking at um, you know when we meet people who are in the recruitment marketing space they come up and they talk to us or I um, you know have conversations um, with people in the space there's a large number of people um, in the recruitment marketing space particularly um, it, it doesn't matter whether you're in a small company or a large company where one in general the idea of recruitment marketing is new to them and two. You know, there are a few senior people in these sorts of roles who have 
the how do I want to put this? Um, the life experience that makes them feel perfectly comfortable, or, or if not comfortable, understand the importance of figuring out how to speak kind of truth to power and kind of say this is what's really going on in this space. But there's a large number of people who are listening to this podcast who this is not. Um, that's not their natural tendency. They don't have the experience or the um, kind of the uh, – the. they don't feel comfortable in the position that they're in in a lot of ways to, to say those sorts of things. Um, but they know this is a challenge and a consequence that they're having to face. So how do we help them figure yes, out but- how to say truth without and, – and by the way, I think it's truth to the candidate, the organization it's itself that's going to fix itself, Right. It is truth to everyone. That is the, that is one of the things that I think we have to fix or not fix, but a little shift a little, because if you look, if you go and look at the, the main core values of the fortune 500, there are nine that are commonly across every freaking fortune 500 company, nine core values. Um, and I think one of the challenges that we're running into is that we are feeling that just communicating a core value is enough. Like our core value is innovation. Our core value is customer first or our core value is teamwork. What is that actually that true? Are there you? only nine yes. core values? No, but there are there are more than them. But there are nine that you will see over okay. and Fair over. Fair enough. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I was just saying this is that's actually a really interesting point. You're right. We're all saying the same thing. I mean, correct. Right. Everybody's innovative. Everybody's teamwork. Everybody's customer focused. I I could pull up the nine, but I, I, it'd take me a second and uh, I'm so cozy in our conversation. So yeah, no, 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 I don't need to do that. But I just, I think that's an interesting point. And I, and I think it's a, it's a proof point to say, we're all saying the same thing. It's all the same pieces of whatever, right. That we're throwing out there. There's no differentiation. Right. There's, um, there's limited differentiation. There's color palettes. You know what I mean? There's taglines. And I think what is missing is the proof, right? Or the backing it up or the telling me what innovation means to you. Because I guarantee what innovation means to Intel is going to be very different than what innovation means to Starbucks or Chipotle. Or, you know, different brands have different flavors of innovation and what that means to them, right? So that's that's part of the problem. One of the other components, and I don't want to be flippant. I understand the goal of recruitment marketing is getting as many people who will fit <laughs> or who may fit in and interested and engaged in your opportunities and your brands. Like, I don't, I don't discount that. Um, but what 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 we're doing everybody a disservice to is not taking that education phase and that nurture phase of the candidate experience and ginning up the friction so they understand exactly what it's like to work there. And it doesn't have to be beat you over the head negative, but it does have to be real and honest. And if it can be told through the to the voice of the eyes of your actual employees, that's when you're going to get some traction. That's when they're going to understand because the top two barriers for people applying to a job right now are one, I don't know what the company is really like, and I don't know what the job is really like. 
And we're investing more and more in content every year. And if those are still the pushback points, we are failing in some way. Well, absolutely. And and I and I that's actually a really great point, right? And and you're you're I think you're dead on, right? The reason that we're failing is not that we're not addressing those topics, it's that we're addressing those topics on such superficial levels and yes. with such marketing spin. Um, yes. that everybody can see through it. So it, it's not authentic. It's not real. Um, and so everyone is still asking the question. It's like, okay, well, I saw your glossy picture, but what is it really like? Um, and I, you, know, you said something before, which I think is, is true. I think particularly um, when you're looking at mid-career professionals, but um, for most people even um, in most different roles, people understand that work in general is not sunshine and roses, right? They've all had, um, they all know that every company and every experience has pluses and minuses to it. It's about figuring out, are you going to be able to align yourself and feel comfortable with the pluses and minuses that exist within that particular organization, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. I mean, I can... I can tell you up and down, right? I believe, Blue, I am an Intel employee. I will always be an Intel employee. I've come back three times. I obviously have it in my blood, right? Yep. On the flip yep. side, I will tell you, this is not an environment for everybody. Um, in fact, exactly. there are many things I complain about in my back of my, you know, when I'm sitting um, with my glass of wine with a couple of friends saying, I can't, this, I can't believe this. Why, is, why do I put myself through this? But the reward is worth the pain because there's so many positive things, right? So there's, Correct. and I think everybody, when they find that right match, there is that they understand that there are the negatives and the positives. And it's really when the positives outweigh the negatives to a point where it balances for that person. So how do we help people see those, see those things? I, you know, I saw this really interesting um, you're making me think of something. I saw this really interesting vendor, and I will have to put him in the show notes. I, for the life of me, I'm sorry, um, a great vendor. I cannot remember the name of your product, but it was really good. I, um, but what inspired me about it was the whole purpose of the product um, was uh, to take your, you know, everybody's trying to put these chat bots or kind of these virtual assistants onto their career sites to answer Q&As and the answer questions, right? Um, yeah. But really, the challenge is with those is that um, they're really just providing the responses that are kind of the canned responses that we would provide anybody, right? It's like, um, yes. it's like a call center yes. script on robotics, which is basically what it is. What it is, yeah. Right. Instead, what they do is they say, listen, you go out and you find a couple of employees that you train and that you trust, right? I mean, you know, you're, they're going to have some guidelines around it. You allow them to be the people that can answer questions. And really what it creates is this opportunity to create almost this uh, conversation board that sorts and organizes the questions that uh, candidates can bring in and then real life people from your company respond to those questions and give their real life stories right yes. and they're and they're honest and they're authentic and they're real um, and I thought it looked very much like for example what I would see if you were going to see an organic um, uh, conversation string on Twitter or right but it, but it has the technology, the, the tool itself had the technology to sort and organize, you know, the questions make it easy to find and to, um, to catalog them, which was all really great. But what I loved most about it was, and what sparked for me was this idea that the closer we can get to getting 
actual people who do the job talking to potential actual people who want to do the job, the better chance we're going to have of being able to find that kismet or that match. Yes. 100%. It's the, I mean, I'm not, I, I feel stupid saying things like it really is that simple. I did see a tech tool one time that um, actually powered the Disney, Disney moms, uh, message board so the moms would go in and answer questions from yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. upcoming visitors and they were they were talking about putting this in the TA space and I thought it was a brilliant just a brilliant play mm-hmm. because you would get people who have intimate knowledge of working at the company and you would be able to have those questions answered and I looked at it as an opportunity to take Glassdoor and turn it on its ear because look in all the hundreds of silver medalists I've interviewed in the last year Lynn they don't read Glassdoor and I know there are companies <laughs> that are spending tons of money on Glassdoor, and I'm sorry, Glassdoor, please don't hate me. Um, but they're not reading it. They use Glassdoor, first of all, to look for salary information mm-hmm. and, because we're not transparent with our salaries, which is another thing that would really help people to know what it's really like to work there if we would get transparent on our freaking salaries. Yeah, you're going to, I go off on that. I agree with you, but we can't even be transparent inside our own companies about our salaries, much less outside. Well, there was a great article on Fast Company about how if you you can start being transparent across the board with salaries, you can close the gender pay gap real fast. So just don't, don't just take that with a grain of salt, but they use Glassdoor to check salaries. Mm-hmm. And then if they read any reviews, they read the threes and fours. They really, really focus on the threes because they know the ones and twos are just disgruntled former employees that something went wrong with. And right. they know fours and fives are probably paid for. Right. So right. There's, an, there's an authenticity issue. Also, another great use for Glassdoor is if you really don't want to have that conversation with your leadership about how you suck, just let your Glassdoor reviews have that conversation <laughs> with your leadership about how they suck. That's so I'm just funny. saying, you could just it's, send them a link. I'm only laughing because um, not saying that I know anybody who just told me yesterday they're using that technique. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> exactly. You know, let's do a glass door audit. Uh huh. You know, exactly. Uh-huh. Um, I, I agree. I agree. You know, I think any opportunity we can give um, for people to be able to engage with people the better, right? Yes. You know, I, we've been talking about, you know, one of the things that we're, we've been doing um, as companies has been spending so much time trying to put, uh, uh, we call it augmentation or technology in the place of the human relationship or the human connection. And I think, I by see. the way, technology can augment those things, right? Like we've been talking about how technology can allow you to have these chats and these conversations, to filter them, to do them in a way that feels comfortable for you as a company and valuable to the candidate as well. There's lots of things you can do in that space that you couldn't do three or four years ago because the technologies exist to do that. So technology is a good thing. It can enable you. But it can also create for us um, the ability for us to distance ourselves even further from the actual conversation, right? See, and that's where it's broken. Keep going. I go, go, girl. Sorry, I interrupted. Go. 
No, but I agree with you. That's exactly. I mean, so we do that by, um, you know, again, we'll put these chatbots into place, right? Um, I, buy, I, for one, and as I say this, I'll say this very loudly, I am a huge fan of the idea of chatbots or virtual assistants, which is what they really are, being a huge tool in augmenting um, many parts of the business process, but particularly recruiting, even recruitment marketing, huge value proposition there. But we don't use them um, with a lens and designing them with a lens of providing authenticity or a real voice. We use them as an automated FAQ, right? Correct. Um, yes. it, yet another step away from how can I keep you from calling my call center, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I did a huge, I can go off on like a huge bunch of research I did years and years ago, early chatbot days, which proved that you know, actually what happens is in, in user behavior is that when you put one of those in, your call center volumes will go up. Just want everybody to know that. Don't set your KPIs that your call center volume is going to go down. Because human behavior is, is that I check it out first, get the information, and then I call a person to validate it. Interesting. Um, but we do that. So that's one place we put it. We do it by putting assessments into place, right? And so we we're all running all over the place trying to put in more tests to give people to decide oh, whether yes. or not we want to talk to them, right? Instead of using what could be a really great use of assessment, which is how do you use how do you identify the decision points in your process where you need to have pieces of information about people to help you both uh, filter them in and for them to decide they want to be there and Correct. using assessment to help you and the candidate gain information about each other. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's not, it shouldn't just be another barrier gate to keep people further away from the human beings or further away from the truth of the story. Um, and we've got a million things that we do like this with technology. Um, and instead of turning technology on a dime and saying, how can we use it to be the thing that helps us do what you talked about in the very beginning, which is help us be authentic and real and tell the truth for Pete's sake. Because if we do that, um, people are going to be happier at the end of the day. They're going to be able to find their right connections, find their right fit, right? We can stop running around um, feeling like we're on The Bachelor handing people, you know, Rose is saying, won't you come interview with us? As long as it's not a two-hour assessment. No, God, yeah, no, no. Right. Yes, that, that assumes it isn't, right? Because the reason people do two-hour assessments is I'm pushing you further away from me. I want you to – I need you to prove yet again you can even be part of my, my whole – my who I am and my conversation and talk to these people, right? The user experience on these assessments is such crap. I, I got to tell you. And the data that they output, most people don't know how to translate or understand in the first place, right? Whereas yeah. there are some really good assessments out there that are targeted, specific. They're not trying to boil the ocean. Um, you know, a lot of assessment actually doesn't even require a tool. It's about being smart about understanding what data you need to pull in and how do you ask people the right questions, right? Imagine using your virtual assistant um, as the right conversation aid to do um, to be able to do targeted pre-screening conversations, right? Yes. That actually then linked people to actual information or, or somebody to answer their question when they got to a certain point or a certain space, right? Those are the mm -hmm. good models that we're seeing out there. Some really great stuff happening. Um, to me, that's yeah. a form of a. Well, I think that's, that's also, I love the idea of, if you can construct the assessment in a way that educates the candidate and helps them screen themselves in and out, 
of your brand based on your culture, that's a huge win, right? Let's let's save some people time. That's right. And and energy. I I love another use case for the robots mm-hmm. of um, exit interviews. Yes. So one of the things that um, one of the chatbot companies has found, Alin, is that that people are much more likely to tell the truth to the robot of why they're leaving. Yep. As opposed to the person, which I love that use case. Right. And I can't tell you how much um, how much has been accomplished about looking at exit interview data. I was just telling somebody the other day. I've worked on two separate projects that have involved exit interview data that have changed turnover. And one of them was years ago, um, my customer gave me their exit interview data around this one specific role. And I went back to him and I was like, hey, um, do you know why everybody's leaving? They're like, no, we can't figure it out. We just keep turning them over. I was like, yeah, they didn't know they'd work with blood. (laughs) And I was like, so all you have to do is fix your job, change your job description, put a little more information on there, get some social going around how to remove stains, you know, blood stains, make it subtle. You don't have to beat them over the head with it, but let them know that this is part of the job. So they can go, oh, I don't want to do that. And the most recent, and fun fact, they actually ended up uh, cutting their turnover by about 15%, I think, um, in that instance, in that role, which was a huge money and time saver for everybody. On the other side, we just got done. We're just in the process of rolling out something similar. We were losing, um, we were losing all these candidates that um, were working in secure sites, and they were turning over really quickly because we looked at the inter- in- exit interview data, and we found they didn't like that they couldn't take their cell phone to work. Huh. So guess what we did? We're we're putting social content out there. We're putting quotes out there. We're including it in our email newsletters. We're including in the job descriptions that you have to be comfortable taking an eight-hour digital detox for your shift. You know what I I really like? What I love about that is is what what we just did is uh, for all those people who I was just out there telling you wouldn't know how to go about telling the truth about their organization, um, go and ask people who are leaving why they're leaving. That's a fabulous so simple <laughs> such a fabulous yeah. idea and and use that information to help you figure out how you um entice people with that use take take a negative and make it a positive right right exactly because not everybody's going to want to work with blood not everybody's going to want a digital detox um for eight hours of the, you know what i mean right but if they don't know that if we aren't telling them that those are actually things that they're going to be doing then guess what? They're going to leave. And we've failed them. And we failed our company because it's expensive. Right. I mean, the whole turnover thing is killing us. Um, Yes. Yeah. All you got to do is start looking at your exit interview data and figure out who really works for you guys. And that's, I mean, that's something that I do for customers all the time, Alin. And it shocks me that it's not more prevalent. Well, I bet it's another, it's, it's another, actually, it's like, I, I bet I can make a guess as to why it doesn't happen all that often. I think the teams in HR who are doing X interview data and the teams that are working on talent acquisition are in two different worlds. Yes. Or they don't want to look at it. <laughs> that's another okay. one. Or you just don't want to do it. Okay. That's true too. That We've checked the too. box that we are collecting exit interviews. 
right? We're, we're collecting them. <laughs> it's kind of like that Seinfeld episode. We can take the reservation, but we just can't hold the reservation. <laughs> right? We can take, we can take the exit interview data. We just can't hold or analyze it. No. Because that that it is time consuming, Alin. It I will tell you when when it comes to doing projects like that, the time consuming part is shifting through sifting through, not shifting, sifting through all of that data oh, yeah. to find the thread. And I know most TA and HR departments aren't staffed for analysts to sift through data and find the common thread. Well, right. It's hard work. That that it part is hard of the work. Job. Let me tell you, it's as complex. a as a as a as a researcher who you know the way I got into this was through sifting through data to figure out where the problems were right yep um I literally just had a conversation with somebody on my team very recently who um was responsible for taking I told them I wanted to, them to go in and look at um the open-ended responses um to our candy survey data right so it's like I'm, yep. I'm yep. that we have numbers right but I'm going to tell you as a human researcher what's really important to me is what the themes are happening in those comments and Correct. I want that, right? You know what my first, what the first response was I got back? And this what? is somebody, by the way, who's an excellent researcher. It was like, that's a lot of work. <laughs> I was uh -huh. like, yeah. Uh -huh. There's no quick way to do it. No, there is no, and by the way, no, there is no automated tool that's going to do this for you. You no. learn it by reading it and having the aha moment. I'm a firm believer yes. in that. But it's hard work. Oh, yeah. And it does. But I will tell you, it will make you a better recruitment marketer. It will make you better at, at tailoring your message to your population. If you listen to them and you do the hard work, read those glass, you know what, forget doing the audit for everybody else. You go read those glass door interviews. How mm -hmm. many people have actually gone in and read the comments? Go mm -hmm. through the process of reading the comments and sort out the themes. Go, go and read your exit interviews. Get HR just to hand them to you. Say, please, let me see them. They're not doing anything with them. Right. Um, and and do the work of of bucketing them and get a, get your Excel spreadsheet out. Start doing some copying and pasting and find the themes, um, and you will learn so much stuff you don't even realize you need to know. Yep, I mean that's this, that's the yeah. So this that's turned the in. secret sauce, right? <laughs> that's it. Honestly, Alin, if you want to figure out how to tell people what it's really like to work there. You have to find out the reasons that people stay and the reasons that people leave. You also, and here I'm going to get on my soapbox for two seconds again, you also need to talk to the external audience, okay? There have been two instances this year when um, I've been brought in to do uh, brand deep dives, employer brand deep dives, content deep dives. Hey, tell us, tell us what our brand is and then tell us where our gap is. And what I've found over and over again is that when you talk to your external talent, people who do not already work for you, you will find at least one thing that they think is cool that you don't think is cool that you are not talking about. Huh. At who least knew? one. At least one. So you have to talk to the external people. You have to dig into the data. You have to actually do the heavy lifting. And if you don't want to do the heavy lifting, there are people that will do it for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. It, it comes at the root of this is in any sort of um, work that is related to 
um, helping people understand something, connect to something, find value in something, you have to talk to people, analyze the data, make a plan and execute against it. You're yeah. making me you're making me think I have a um, I have a a, a spiel, a, a piece that I do that uh, translates how to do experience research work um, mm. for just basic people. Like how, how can you do it in a very simple space? I'm feeling like I need to pull that back out again. Maybe I'll pull that back out again and we can start to share that. Because I think, I think it intimidates people, this idea of, well, if I go and ask them, how do I ask them? What do I do with that information? Yes. yes. Um, will they be upset us, because I asked them? Or will they, ask, will they want Twitter? me to answer yeah. or solve their problems? right and I think um, the solution there is we're you guys this is this is our group the rebels we're your group we're your team yeah. team rebel you have those questions you find us on LinkedIn you find us on Twitter we will help you that we love we want to push the needle forward so if this is something that you are concerned about you're not sure that you can do you're not you're you know how do we do this how do I go about it what do I ask what am I looking for call us yeah We'll help yeah, you. give us a call. We've got we've got stuff we can we can easily help you in this space, um, and it can be as simple as just how do you um, how do you ask the right question and and how do you um, be objective about what you hear um, and translate that in, into finding a couple of key trends that can move you forward. Maybe that should be my my assignment to everybody because people love me because I'm always giving people assignments. My assignment to all of the listeners out there, whether you're a, a vendor trying to understand your customers, whether you're a recruitment marketer trying to understand your candidates, um, or if you're just a hiring manager or somebody in general out there who's who is trying to understand how to be better at connecting with others, find mm -hmm. two people and go and ask them each the same open-ended question. What made you want to do this work? What inspired you to click this button? Whatever the question is, ask them one question and then just listen. Don't try and answer it. Don't try and solve it for them. Don't, don't, uh, you know, don't try and um, use it as an opportunity to sell something. Just listen um, and find out what you find out and see if you start to hear some themes. I bet you, um, just by talking to three or four people, you're going to start to very quickly understand the value of that work. Yeah. So Excellent. Okay. As always, fascinating conversation. <laughs> I agree. Always. I, <laughs> we can't, we can't miss. I hope they, I mean, I hope they I, like it. I, I, I know. I was just thinking, of, we enjoy we enjoy ourselves so much, Tracy. We just like have uh, ourselves yeah. a good old time. I don't know, you know, hopefully it's helpful to other people. Hopefully it's not. But I, I left with some. You have definitely, yet again, um, pushed me to remember um, some core pieces of, of the work and what I know that needs to happen that I'm not spending enough time on. I'm going to go. It's helping me. So I'm hoping it's helping everybody else. Amen. So, awesome. Well, have awesome. a fabulous rest of your week. You too, everybody. Have a great, uh, great self-quarantine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Recruitment Marketing Rebelcast. Um, Tracy and I, as always, had a fabulous time um, chatting this week. We hope you had a good time listening. 
If you did, please feel free to share this podcast with your friends, colleagues, and and family even. That'd be awesome. Um, You can reach us and listen to us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Podbean, just about any place you can find podcasts. We're there, RM Rebelcast. Um, You can also reach out directly to Tracy and myself. We'd love to chat with you. You can reach me at Alyn Bailey on the Twitters or reach Tracy at T Parsons. Have a fabulous week, everybody, and stay safe. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.